Teach Us to Pray is brought to you by Life Audio and is a part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Hello, friend. You are listening to the Teach Us to Pray podcast with me, Christina Patterson, where we teach believers practical and real life tips on how to grow your faith and relationship with God through the power of prayer. You know, sometimes life can throw such challenging situations at us that we feel like the only choice we have is to pray. Life is like that, isn't it? It's twist turns and uncertainty remind us of our lack of control and usher us into some of our most intense and desperate prayers. Some say desperate times call for desperate measures, but what if there's nothing you can do and there are no measures to follow? The situation is completely out of your hands. Well, it's then I like to say desperate times call for desperate prayers. Have you ever had to lift up a desperate prayer? Throughout the Bible, we read of people in desperate need seeking God through prayer. And in today's podcast, I want to look at their desperate prayers and God's response to those prayers that we may learn more about prayer in our own desperate situations. everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. First, we have Hannah. Hannah is the mother of the prophet Samuel. Before she had Samuel, she desperately wanted children, but she thought she was unable to. She faced her own insecurities as a wife with no children, but she also faced ridicule from others as well. As the pressure surmounted about her unanswered prayer request for children, she took matters to the Lord in a desperate prayer. In 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 10 through 11, we read, she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a son, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. Hannah's desperation has softened her heart to God's plan. She went from wanting a child to wanting a child she would give to God. Our desperate situations have a way of changing our perspective and causing us to surrender our will to God's. 
In our desperation, our prayers expand beyond our own desires and touch the desires of God as our prayers become less about us and more about him. Desperate prayers are not about asking God repeatedly for what we want, hoping that if we pray hard enough, we'll get what we want. Desperate prayers reflect a surrender to God's will and acceptance of what his plan may be. As Hannah continued to pray, the prophet Eli saw her. She was praying so desperately, he thought Hannah was drunk. In 1 Samuel chapter 1 verses 14 through 16 we read, And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. First, Hannah surrendered to God. Then she poured out her soul before the Lord. She's doing what we're instructed to do in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 that tells us to pray when we are anxious. And in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 that tells us to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. In our desperate times, there is a pouring out and a casting. It's not holding in all our feelings and emotions and trying our best to act like they don't exist. It's being real with God about what we want, what's hurting us and what's troubling us. Your feelings, wants and desires matter to God because he cares for you. Now, I love how Hannah doesn't only pray for what she wants, but also prays over the challenges she's facing until her prayer is answered. She takes her stress and anxiety to God as well because she knows he can handle that too. Hannah believes the God she is waiting on can help her through the waiting. She doesn't just pray for what she wants and that's it. She prays through the entire journey. I think that's what desperate prayers are. An invitation for God to journey with us so that we never have to walk alone. Just the other day, I was looking through some 15-year-old prayer journals of mine. In one journal, I was going through a difficult time, and I prayed over the situation every day, whether it was a good day or a struggle day. And I needed that to keep praying and reminding myself that although I was not where I wanted to be or had what I wanted to have, God was with me. Our desperate prayers remind us that God walks with us. And although Hannah may not have had what she wanted at the time, she did have God. And in her desperation, she did the best thing to do in times like that. She clung to him. Now, before Hannah went to God in prayer, she was depressed, distraught, and the Bible tells us that she was so sad she was not even eating. With that in mind, listen to what she does after her desperate prayer. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 18, we read, Then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. This desperate prayer didn't change her situation immediately, but it did change her. That's what prayer has the power to do. If we fast forward, we learn that God does answer Hannah's prayer, but we would be remiss if we overlooked the fact that God changed her heart well before he changed her situation. 
That's what prayer is about. I don't know what desperate situation you're praying for today, but I do know it's important not only to be desperate for your prayer, but to be desperate for the God who answers prayers. What if Hannah had received all she wanted, but was still depressed and distraught? Even in our desperation, we must never forget the peace that God grants, no matter how desperate times get. The next prayer I want us to learn from is that from the prophet Elijah. As we look at 1 Kings chapter 18, the Israelites have suffered from a three and a half year drought. So Elijah goes and prays for rain. He then sends his servant to go and look towards the sea to see if there is any sign of rain, to see if there's any sign of his prayer being answered. But when his servant came back, he reported that there was no sign of rain. So Elijah keeps praying and sends his servant back seven times to see if God had finally answered his prayer for rain. Finally, on the last and seventh time, the servant reported that there was a sign of rain. In 1 Kings chapter 18 verses 44 and 45, we read, The seventh time the servant reported, A cloud as small as a man's hand is raising from the sea. So Elijah said, Go and tell Ahab, Hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Elijah's desperate prayer looks like praying until you get an answer. Elijah did not get distracted, but he takes his request to God faithfully over and over again. I think that sometimes when we feel God does not answer us quick enough, we're tempted to take matters into our own hands and start looking for solutions to our problems outside of God. And the dangerous thing about that is it makes the problem worse because it further distances us from the actual solution found in God. So instead of becoming desperate for God, we become desperate about investing time and energy and people and things to fulfill us in ways that only God can. And what this does is create a greater void in our lives. Elijah understood this. This is why he does not stop praying to God and seeking God alone for what only God can do. Now, I'm not saying don't seek outside help, but what I am saying is seek God first and continually. Many times we have a problem and God may be the last person we take it to. We will talk to everyone else before we talk it to the one who can actually do something about it. Our God. From Elijah, we learn that when we're desperate, we need to keep praying because it is in our continual prayer that not only we find the answer to our prayer, but more importantly, the one who answers those prayers. The last desperate prayer I would like for us to discuss is Jesus's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion. Jesus knows he's about to go on the cross and the pain and suffering he is about to endure and it causes him great stress. We read about his dismay in prayer in Matthew chapter 26 verses 36 through 39 that reads, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, 
My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. The first thing Jesus does in his desperation is pray. Sometimes when we're desperate, we forget to pray. We instantly start worrying and fretting instead of praying. Like the other desperate prayers we covered today, Jesus set the example to remember to pray when we are in need. How about you? When you are stressed, anxious, or hurting, or in need, what is your first reaction? Do you pray? Do you think to take the matter to God? When we are facing desperate circumstances, let's not forget to first seek God in prayer. Last, I want to note that Jesus' desperate prayer surrenders his outcome to God. Nevertheless, Jesus says, not as I will, but as you will. When we're desperate, we want what we want. But the goal of a believer or follower of Christ is not simply getting what we want, but what God wants. Sometimes we're desperate because there's a conflict between the two. Jesus shows that our desperate prayers should include telling God all about how we feel and being honest with him. But ultimately, our desperate prayers should end with a heart for him. Now, if you're really desperate, this may not be what you want to hear. Why does God always get what he wants, you may ask? What about me, you may say? I get it. I don't know what desperate situation you may be facing today, but I do know more than any answered prayer, we need God. And Jesus' desperate prayer for God's will over his own led to our salvation. Listen, I truly believe that if there were another way for us to be saved, God would not have sacrificed his one and only son. I have a son. I have a little boy and he just melts my heart. I have a hard time telling him no. So I can't imagine the pain God himself endured as Jesus, his son, prayed in the garden that night. But he too endured so that when we find ourselves in our own garden, in our own desperate situations, we won't ever find ourselves alone. We serve a God who knows what it's like to be desperate, to suffer, to hurt. We are never alone. And when we find ourselves in desperate situations where God is all we have, we often discover God is all we ever need. We have so much more to talk about when it comes to prayer. So I hope that if you were encouraged by today's episode, you'll share with a friend and subscribe so that you won't miss any future episodes of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, where we will continue to learn how just like breathing, prayer can become a natural, consistent and life-giving part of our everyday lives. Until then, be sure to connect with me, Christina Patterson at BelovedWomen.org and check out the show notes in today's episode to download my free five day prayer guide to help you put into practice the powerful habit of prayer. Thank you so much for taking time to listen today. God bless you. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. Teach us to pray is a production of life audio and the Salem web network. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a review in your podcast app? It really does help more people like you find the podcast. To hear more from Christina Patterson, be sure to check out her fantastic site, BelovedWomen.org. A special thanks to Kelly Givens, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. 
You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.